Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered controls. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're anything like me and you're just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect what's below the belt. Luckily, Manscaped has us covered. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code THPN, let me repeat, THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. This week, I talked to Brad Baroud over at Flames Unfiltered, the Calgary Flames podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network. We talked about the Jets being eliminated by the Flames in four games and what that means moving forward. Enjoy. Joining Flames Unfiltered now, our friends from Grit for 60, Brendan Farrell, and uh, yeah, glad to have you on the show. I want to get the Winnipeg Jets take on uh, an interesting series, to say the least. Yeah, obviously it didn't go the way that we planned on it going. Uh, you know, all three of us predicted that the Jets would win, and um, that didn't happen. No, it it didn't. But uh, you know, I don't know. I I and at no point though in this series, like it really not until like maybe two minutes to go in uh, in well, I should say maybe about five minutes to go in game four that I feel like we were safe and not going to game five. I, I thought throughout the whole series that at no point was um, it a foregone conclusion that Calgary was going to win this. Um, I thought Win- Winnipeg did a great job in game two um, of really shutting down the flames and, and, and combating the uh, a game one that I didn't think went so well for Winnipeg. Um, so all marks to them for that. But uh, yeah, were, were you... What was your level of surprise as this series went on? Uh, to me, I think the weird thing to me was just how I, th- I thought the series was just kind of weird. 
from the get-go with obviously Shifley going down. You know, I'm sure we'll get around to that. And, um, well, just the sheer number of injuries the Jets had. But also, like, I kind of figured that the Flames would have the edge at 5-1-5. And, you know, but Hellbuck would be enough for them to win a game or two just on goaltending alone. And that didn't really happen. Um, you know, the games at 5-on-5 are pretty even, uh, which is not something the Jets did a lot, you know, during the season. So uh, I guess in that, you know, from that point of view, like, it wasn't that bad. But it's really weird listening to you talk about how, like, you're so unsure about the Flames uh, winning. When, honestly, like, watching game four, that was just miserable just watching that. I'm like, I don't really think the Jets are even going to score one here, let alone two. And it's just, well, you know, uh, that, that, that game was awful to watch. Going into game four, I wholeheartedly expected Connor Hellebuck to just be unstoppable and steal a game. Um, we didn't see that in this series. I thought Hellebuck was good. Didn't, didn't see him steal a game. Um, Nikolai Ehlers um, is an amazing hockey player and he's the probably him and Lowry were your best two in my mind and watching the way Ehlers played in game four early on I wholeheartedly thought he was going to put some points up that game I really did yeah I mean it's funny that you brought up Adam Lowry I mean um, and obviously Nick Ehlers but I thought Adam Lowry was the Jets best player in that series mm-hmm. um, he's a big body is, out there he's, he's a yeah. force um, he, especially when uh, they took Eakin off the second line, you know, all of a sudden, like that second line with Lowry was a lot better. I wonder why. Did it surprise you? Um, I when I when I think of Winnipeg, I think of Winnipeg as a very physical hockey team. Um, did you were you a little surprised at the physical play of Calgary and how they um, kind of combated Winnipeg's physical presence with uh, physical presence of their own? And you guys have Matt Kachuk and uh, Milan Lucic, so I'm not surprised about any sort of physicality. Yeah, but Matthew Kachuk's not the most physical player. I mean, he's not even in our top five, I think, for physical players. I think he's a he's a pain in the ass. Um, well, yeah, he gets but, that reputation, but also for you know a skilled player, he is still pretty gritty. I yeah, would say. oh, for sure, for sure. But I just look at the play of like Sam Bennett and uh, the abuse he put on Ehlers and and throughout the whole series and i just i I was surprised at the physicality of the flames um and how they matched up and i thought we'd see a little bit more pushback from guys like blake wheeler and and, uh and guys like that yeah it was really weird to me because uh i gotta stop saying that word but uh it, it seemed to me like game two was a pretty emotional win for the jets and they just never got back to that level after that yeah I don't know if you thought, I thought the same thing on that. I felt like, you know, everybody, it's funny, you know, and that's why I like talking to you to get the, the Jets perspective. And because our emotions from a flame side and from a Jets side vary so differently as the series went. But I thought coming out of game one, Calgary was was firing all, on all cylinders and things were good. And then I thought in, Win- in game two, Winnipeg played an absolutely perfect game to squash everything that, Calgary gained in game one. I really, I really thought that. And when, uh, when that game game ended in a three, two victory for Winnipeg, I thought, well, here we go. We're going to go five on this one. This is going to be hard fought. This is going to be, um, no walk in the park. Um, and then 
you know, things kind of exploded at the end of game three when Calgary was able to put up quite a few goals. But um, I didn't think the series was like completely dominated by Calgary. I think there was points of the series that were completely dominated by Calgary, but at no point did I feel like um, it was a walk in the park, I guess. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think a lot of what went wrong for Winnipeg was that everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. Like, you know, Shifley going down, Line A going down, you know, just constant changes throughout the line because they just were running out of bodies to, you know, Connor Hellebuck is handling the puck behind the net to, gosh, not being able to score at all on Cam Talbot. Like, it was just like the perfect storm of just awful, miserable hockey. Who do you think was the biggest surprise player um, for each team in this series? Uh, I mean, I'll go with Adam Lowry again uh, for the Jets. You know, uh, I always thought that Lowry would be a good candidate for a guy who, if you have to move him up in the lineup, um, that he would do well in that. So, but to the extent where, like, I legitimately believe that he was their best player in this series. Like, I, I, you know, I wasn't wasn't expecting that. Um, and for the Jets, I'll go with Cam Talbot. Like, I, I thought that Calgary, at best, would get decent goaltending. I didn't think that, you know, I mean, outside of Carey Price, is, is there a better goaltending performance in the first round than Cam Talbot? I'm not really sure there is. Probably not. The numbers don't lie. I mean, 9, 0.945, say a percentage, and a 1.51 goals against average. Uh, yeah. That's uh, like, probably a probably the, one of the most dominating playoff performances for as far as a goaltender goes so far. No, granted, I mean the Winnipeg offense wasn't great in this series. You know, I mean, having you can't replace Mark Scheifele. Like, there's no way around that. You just nope. can't replace him. And um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, like that really helped. But Cam Talbot was really good. Made a lot of good saves at the right time. You know, kept the Flames in games when he needed them to or when they need him to. So yeah, I would, that's what I would go with. I would probably agree. Um I think I think Cam Talbot was the the best player for the Flames. My most surprising um player was uh I thought and this is probably off the board for a lot of people, but um I thought Sean Monahan's play in, in game three and four surprised me a lot because I thought he was invisible in game two. Um so it was fun to see him kind of emerge and, and be a much more um, offensive prowess, I guess, out there. And um, as far as Winnipeg goes, I uh, I always knew Adam Lowry was a good player, but he really, really stepped up. And uh, I think if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, you got to be happy um, to see Nikolai Ehlers step up like he did because um, he kind of threw that team on his back in, in game three and four, I thought. Yeah, I mean, this has definitely been the breakout year for Nick Ellers. And, um, you know, when you're missing guys like Shafley and Line A and Kyle Connor is either invisible or the most snake-bitten player <clears throat> in the league or a combination of the two, yeah, the Jets really needed a big performance out of Ellers. And it really – there were times where I'm just like, he and Lowry are the only ones with an offensive pulse. Yeah. You know – you look at, you know, let's talk about Kyle Connor. I think Kyle Connor is probably one of the most underrated 
um, as well as Shifley too, um, underrated players in the National Hockey League. And would you pick him as your most disappointing player? Because I would have to say that he's the most disappointing Jet in my mind. Um, when Talbot was able to make that miraculous falling backwards save on Kyle Connor in game one to save the goal, it just seemed like the wind just went out of the sails. And um, I fully expected that we were going to be scratching our head on a nightly basis um, over Kyle Connor, and that didn't happen. Yeah, no, like I agree with you. I mean, if you looked at Kyle Connor's defensive numbers this year, like they are miserable. So all of his value comes from doing things well offensively. Well, remove Shifley, and then, you know, he's already not getting as much service as he usually would. And then, you know, if he's not scoring and he's still getting up a lot at the other end, you know, that's, that's a big minus there. Yeah, I was just really shocked that uh, that he disappeared so much. Um, that that surprised me. Um, how big? This is probably a bad question, but how, how big of a difference do the injuries make in this series? I think a big one. Um, Does it know, change the uh, winner? I guess let, let let's let's go to that, and we'll never know. We 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 will never know, and. Um, I thought about this series a lot. I'm like, well, would we have won this series without? Because I predicted us not to win. Um, but you just never know. But I was definitely impressed with Calgary's play. And that being said, you know, maybe this still would have been in favor of the Flames. Um, but I'm just, it's, it's, I want to get from a Jets perspective on how devastating the loss of Shifley and or Liney. I think that one's being lost a lot because Liney is such a power play threat. And uh, not having that on your power play did not help you at all. Yeah, so it's a tough question because, you know, in this grand scheme of things, like, to me, there's only, like, one person that can really shift uh, who wins or loses a series, and that's a goaltender. Um, But outside of that, like, your number one center is pretty much as close as it's going to get. So um, I would say, yes, it hurt a lot. Uh, the Jets already were not necessarily great at driving offense this year. Um, and then you remove your very offensively gifted number one center, and it gets ugly very quickly. Um, so just for, um, you know, we talk a lot about analytics on our show. I don't want to go too deep into it, but uh, just looking at, expected goals per 60 minutes at five on five. The Jets were second to last. They had the second uh, fewest expected goals per 60 minutes at five on five. And that's with Shifley during the regular season. So the only team that was worse than them was the Red Wings. So the only team that was worse than the Jets at driving offense during the regular season was the Red Wings. And then you take away Mark Shifley from that. And it's just awful. Yeah, it w- you guys are you're hard on your team, boy. I, I <laughs> it's it's just been it's been a kind of a hard year to watch. Like uh, you get used to watching game after game of just watching Connor Howell like bail out a bunch of pylons, and it's just so where do uh, where, where do the where do the Jets go from here? 
Is this is this a team that's trending up in your mind? Um, is this a team that uh, needs a just reboot with a couple different players, uh, plug in a couple things, or is this a team that needs uh, a full rebuild? It's weird because they're effectively stuck in no man's land. You know, they're kind of similar to where the Minnesota Wild were at, or and I guess still. Oh, are this at. team's so much better than that. They are. They're better than where the Wild are and were. But, you know, this year, they only have four draft picks. So if you're moving yeah, picks but, around to make moves, you're okay, but, already kind of handicapped there. Okay, but look at this, though. You've got Hellebuck. You've got oh, yeah. Liney. you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with him. you got Ehlers. you got Shifley. you got Wheeler. you got Connor. I mean, you've got a ton of talent. Now, yes, your defense is going to need to be addressed and addressed quickly. But I can't imagine that a rebuild is even even being talked about in Winnipeg. No, I don't doubt. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so either. I mean, you mentioned. I mean, all the names you mentioned. Everybody but Blake Wheeler is under the age of thirty. So this, this is going to be a good team for a lot of years. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think they can be a playoff team, sure. But I think the reality of the situation is that one, you can't count on getting another repeat performance from Hellbuck that you got this year. No, you won't. I mean, what he, you what won't. he did during the regular season was unbelievable. And to expect that, I mean, w- without Hellbuck this year, they probably don't make the playoffs. Or, no, no, probably they, they probably not. They don't make a 16-team playoff. But uh, at the same time, like, do you really want to move one of Wheeler, Connor, Line A, Shifley, Ellers? Not really. No. So, and then combine that with uh, – the lack of picks that you have for this year and a little bit of next year, it's kind of hard. It's like, what move do you make? Cause you so, do need so to address do you, that defense. So do you move a liney to get in a, to get a, a defenseman? Yeah. I mean, I guess out of those five, like out of the, out of the big five, uh, cause I don't think anyone's taking on Blake Wheeler's contract. I mean, at, at 33, you know, Wheeler's I don't think got you'd want to give him up. I think he brings a lot yeah. to this team experience. Well, also, I mean, I was just looking at it as, you know, Line and Connor are, are mm-hmm. so young. Yeah. But, I mean, Wheeler's got another four years at eight and a quarter. So uh, you're really diminishing your return on that. So, I mean, I guess out of like those five and thinking about what you could get in return for them, like, yeah, I would say either, I would say Line A is probably the first one to go on that. Yeah, but probably. That's just me. Yeah, prob- probably. It'll be interesting. This year is going to be a whirlwind in the fact that when off season hits, it's not going to be very long. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to hit get, the ground running. You but, do. I mean, we're talking about trades and stuff. I mean, shut day off. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's a GM that trades less yeah. or less often than, than shut day off. Does. But don't you think that he's got a plan? And I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, I trust his game plan. I just do. I just trust his game plan. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I expected probably this year to be a little bit better a year for the for the Jets, and but I also didn't expect for their de- defense to just get completely decimated by things that were completely out of their control last year. So, I don't know. 
I think this just yeah. might be a reboot for the team. And as disappointing as this loss is to the Flames, this team will probably um, pick right back up next year and uh, will actually probably jump ahead of a few teams when you when you look at a Nashville Predators team, probably on a downswing. Um, Dallas, if they can't put together a push um, in the playoffs here, probably on a downswing. Um, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of turnover and changing going on in the Central Division, and, and I don't see Winnipeg dropping down too far. Yeah, I mean, it's just... You know, you think about it this way. Well, they have been there since 2011, and they've won, what, two playoff rounds since he's been there? You know, I think you're starting to run out of time on what the plan is. Sure. No, I don't don't argue on that. I think um, the next two years will be very telling years um, in Winnipeg. As for the Calgary Flames, they roll on into uh, what is the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And just uh, actually a short time ago, within the last hour, we found out that we were playing the Dallas Stars in the first round. I am a predictions guy, and uh, I loved getting your guys' predictions uh, before this last series. And I'm going to put you on the spot and try to get a Flame Stars prediction out of you. Yeah, so... The stars are kind of crazy to me because I was thinking about uh, just the West. And I remember before this, I was like, okay, I know uh, Colorado is going to get, you know, the round robin games. Vegas is going to be there and St. Louis is. And I'm like, who's the fourth team? And I actually had to look it up. I was like, oh, Dallas, right? Because to me, like in the West, there's like such a big difference between the top three and the rest of the conference right now. Um, But uh, it's an interesting series, uh, but I think I'm going to take Dallas in six. Um, you know, I mean, Dallas is an older team. I kind of worry about that. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with Dallas to me. They're a little, a little deeper and, um, I think they got a little more talent, but I'll, I'll go with them. All right. Well, it was fun talking uh, Jets Flames in this series, uh, a series that was a good series, a hard-fought series. Uh, one of the Flames did come out on top, and I know that is to your disappointment because I've been in your shoes many, many times. This Calgary Flames team hasn't advanced since 2015, so I uh, I know the feeling that you guys are going through in Winnipeg this week. I appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, touching base with uh, – what happened in the series and getting a Winnipeg Jets um, take on um, a series that ended in four games? Thanks for coming on, and I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.